Hey everyone, welcome to the second season of Leap Canada's podcast, Post-Secondary Tea. My name's Noah, and I'm the Public Relations Manager here at Leap Canada, and I'm excited to be serving as the host of our podcast for this season. For those of you who might not know, Leap stands for Learn, Empower, Assist, Prepare, and we're focused on bridging the gap between secondary and post-secondary education. A little bit about myself as your host. I'm from Vancouver, BC, and I'm an incoming first-year student at Western University, planning on studying health sciences with advanced entry opportunity to the Ivy School of Business. Like many of you, I have a lot of questions about what uni will look like in the post-COVID world, and I'm excited to dive into some important topics in this podcast on a personal level. On today's episode, we'll be answering questions and breaking down common misconceptions about frats, an infamous part of uni life that is often misunderstood. All right, so on today's episode of Leap's podcast, we're joined by two guests from Lambden by Epsilon and McMaster University, Enzo and Ethan, if you guys just want to give a quick introduction. All right, I'll start. Uh, my name is Enzo Karamat. I am actually a sixth year at McMaster. I'm a little bit old, and I joined Lambda's back in 2018. Yeah, my name is uh, Ethan Chow. My fraternity name is Grit, which... Uh, just basically stands and resembles integrity. I crossed in spring 19. Great to meet both of you. Um, what are you guys studying at McMaster? Uh, so for me, actually, I'm taking a little bit of a break from school right now after like the COVID pandemic, just because some of my side hustles started to take off. So I'm trying to see if that can take me further in life than maybe my degree might be able to. Yeah, and I'm uh, in the program of commerce. I'm specializing in finance and information systems while minoring in computer science. Those are both really cool paths here. So we're just going to get right into it. So the first question I'm sure everyone's wondering is what is a frat or sorority? Just a general brief overview. Okay, so at least to me, I think uh, depending on who you ask, the definition of a fraternity will vary like bro with a bro because it's very subjective. But to me, a frat is just in the essence, it's a brotherhood, you know, it's a home away from home. We run like a regular business, but we all hold each other to a certain standard and we're all there for each other. We look out for each other and we make sure that no bros left behind. And that's just my take on it at least. Yeah, like what Enzo said in the beginning, um, it's pretty subjective on what a frat is, how you define it. Um, for me, at least, um, being brought up in a predominantly Caucasian area, like I was brought up in Aurora. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. But Lambda's, which is an Asian interest fraternity, it's definitely helped me connect me with my uh, cultural roots. It's really cool. And how did you guys find out about your fraternity? Was it advertised heavily? I don't want it to sound cliche, but it was kind of like a fate of the universe thing. Um, I missed my program orientation. So I was, yeah, I was just late to the uh, regular faculty day and because I was late, I missed um, my group assignment. So this random student just brought me in in his group, which turned out to be a fraternity member. Shout out Nathan A. Young. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, that's how I became connected with the fraternity. Yeah, like Ethan was saying, like oftentimes the fraternity tries to find you. They do a lot of advertising, whether on social media or in person, or a lot of their uh, members are like execs or presidents of clubs and schools or like role models. So you kind of just get to know them that way. For me, um, McMaster was hosting their, I think, semesterly club spaces. And uh, that's where you just check out all the clubs and all the other organizations at school. And then this dude, he came up to me, he's like, yo, do you like pizza? 
And I'm like, yeah, I like pizza, bro. And he's like, yo, you should come out to our fraternity um, info session because you'll get free pizza. And I'm like, you know, I'm not really sure about fraternities because, you know, I had all these ideas in my head. And he's like, well, you know, you should just come out and see what it's about. And then if you don't like it, at least you got free pizza. And that's how it started. I guess it just worked out then in the end. So going back to something you said before, I guess, like, so I think there's a lot of misconceptions about fraternities, just that they're all about partying and stuff. What's probably like some of the misconceptions that you'd want to clear up about fraternities in general? Yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, like, as you said, Noah, um, the media portrays it in, in a way that's like all about partying, uh, placing an emphasis on hazing. But um, yeah, for example, Neighbors, I don't know if you watched that with Zac Efron and Seth Rogen they basically just put a huge emphasis on the parting aspect of a fraternity but at least for our fraternity we have four pillar four pillars one of them is partying like social but then our other three revolve around academic brotherhood and philanthropy work and kind of kind of going on with that like to me more than anything the frats are about as i mentioned before it's just about brotherhood and having that second family because you don't really realize how interconnected each member is until you are either around them or you are actually a member of the fraternity and you experience it. It's kind of crazy because like never in my life would I have thought that I have, would be so tight with someone like Ethan, who's a couple years younger than me and <laughs> have him so involved in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that in the States, it fits the stereotypes a bit more because uh, Lambdas is actually an international fraternity. We have chapters in Canada and in the States. And in the States, yeah, there's a, there's a ton of partying, I won't lie. Um, but they also do way more philanthropy than most other organizations or clubs at most universities. So it's kind of it's kind of a nice balance, actually. Yeah, that sounds really cool. So what's some of the philanthropy efforts you guys do? Yeah, so um, I was actually philanthropy um, VP with another bro. His name was uh, Leon. And uh, we did, yeah, we did a number of events. Some of them are clothing drives, uh, food drives. We also do an annual uh, Relay for Life event. Um, more is like garbage cleanups around the McMaster community, stuff like that, yeah. Okay, and so in terms of academics, is it just like a lot of tutoring, just supporting each other with academics and stuff? Actually, it's kind of cool. So we have a huge like alumni network uh, at our fraternity. So basically a lot of alumni have either old notes or old like things that they've learned from the courses that they can pass on to younger bros. As well as the fact that when it comes to getting co-ops and internships, we already have all these bros who have been through it and they can just kind of link you like that. And they do it just because you're a bro, which is really awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. And so I know you mentioned that your fraternity is actually like an Asian fraternity. Do you have any details about like how that started and stuff? Because I, I don't think that's as common, right? Having fraternities like that. Enzo, if you want to take it. <laughs> yeah, I can try to take that one. So how it started, actually, there, there are a number of fraternities that are demographic specific. And I think they just kind of start with a group of guys who have a similar interest. And that's kind of how it goes. That's how it started in 1981 back at, um, in California. It was just a group of guys. They were like, they had this idea of starting fraternity. They had similar uh, interest and they all happen to be Asians. So like, you know, let's just start an Asian interest fraternity. <laughs> That damn, that's pretty cool. I've actually never heard of that before. With, what's with like the Greek letter part of it? Like I know every fraternity has their own letters. Like is there significance to each one of those? That's a pretty good question. I don't think anyone's ever asked that. But um, I guess it's just more of a symbol for you to be able to easily recognize who is a part of what fraternity. Like you got 
something like um, Nike and Adidas, their symbols, it's a lot more easy to identify that than it actually is the words Adidas and Nike. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, the names sound cool. It's just I've always wondered what they mean. But I guess nobody really knows. So how does it go, like the process of kind of joining a fraternity then? So like once you find interest in it, you go to an event or something, how do you officially join or become a member? Okay, so basically the process where you go to events is called Rush. It's whereby it's where the fraternity hosts a bunch of events within like a week or two to kind of gauge your interest and kind of see like if you like us and if we think that you'd be a really good fit for the brotherhood too. Usually people are. Um, and then after that, you start like something called the pledging process. And after that, if you still want to continue with it, you're officially a bro. That's the, pretty much like the too long didn't read. Yeah. yeah. I think the um, total amount of weeks is roughly around eight, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So it's a pretty long process then. Yeah. So it's usually just one yeah. term. And okay. usually the fraternity, like, they find you because we have a lot of events, like I said, and we try to advertise to as much people as we can. And there's no, like, there's no limit or no uh, hurdles in, like, if you can come to events or not, it's open to everyone. And uh, we try to encourage as many people as we can. Yeah, so I guess another, I know you talked about, we talked about, like, the Neighbors movie before and stuff like that. I see this big misconception or this idea, like, about hazing and stuff, especially in the States. Is there anything you want to clear clear up about that? Okay, so when you hear fraternity, <laughs> you know, you immediately usually always think hazing, right? And I think that hazing has developed a negative connotation over time. And I mean, you hear about some of the incidences, especially in the States, and you're like, well, yeah, that makes sense. But especially at Mac Landis, I can't really speak for other fraternities because I don't know them, um, like their process as much, but we don't do hazing or any of that stuff to hurt someone or to screw them over or just make them look stupid. Um, I think hazing at the end of the day, and especially at our chapter, is meant to grow someone individually and to grow them with their line brothers during the pledging process as a team and to help them realize that they can achieve more than they think and that there is a bigger picture. It's not something that's meant to like destroy or harm someone and it's not nearly as bad. Like The word hazing is very loosely used. It's not nearly as bad as it's portrayed in a lot of the uh, movies and whatnot, especially in Canada. In the States, hazing, it can be a bit dicey, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's more in the firms of lessons. Like, having gone through the process at Lambda's, at McMaster, I found that hazing helped me learn lessons of accountability, vulnerability, and togetherness. And vulnerability is probably the most important one because in a fraternity, in a brotherhood, initially, you might find it really tough to be vulnerable, especially as males. But... Um, I feel like that vulnerability lesson, it really teaches you that, you know, the boys are all there for you and you can, you can be yourself. You can show weakness when you're down. And that was really like built into me through part of the hazing process. Yeah. There's always, there's always a bigger picture to, to the hazing. Um, yeah. Like Enzo said about accountability, vulnerability, and togetherness. Uh, for example, like, I don't want to go into specifics, but um, Mac Lambda chapter, um, most of the, quote-unquote hazing that we do it's not individual things it's it's as a group so as a pledge line so it also incorporates teamwork and then yeah yeah and self-discipline all that accountability togetherness brotherhood 
Yeah, thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead. Kind of going into that, like when I was pitching, um, and you know, it, there's it's not always easy. There are tough times, but when I saw that my uh, line brother, we're twins, so twins means that there's only him and I. We don't have like other people in our line. When I saw that he was willing to, for me, showed me that you know he cares about me, and this is someone who I can see in my life for pretty much forever. That's really nice to hear, and thanks for clearing that up because I think that's definitely something like I wasn't aware of and stuff. Okay, yeah, that's good to know. So I guess, do you have like a specific favorite memory or something that really stands out from your experience in your fraternity? Something that like, you know, everyone should know, I guess, that makes it special? Hmm. I think I can start with this one. So at least with Lambdas, there's a huge convention every year somewhere in the States whereby like all over a hundred chapters, they all go, the fraternities and the sororities is for Memorial Day weekend. Actually this past, uh, actually recently, just in May, I think, it was in Las Vegas, but we couldn't go because of COVID. And it's just a lot of getting to know all the bros, all the sisters, a ton of partying. And it's just a crazy vibe because you don't realize how big this whole fraternity thing is until you're face to face with everyone and you're just vibing with everyone. It's like super incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my next question was then, I know you mentioned something about sororities. So is there like a big relationship then between like sororities and fraternities? Uh, Ethan, you want to take this one? <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, we, so we have a, um, every, I believe every fraternity has a fellow sister sorority. Um, I, you wait, Inza, yeah, I actually, Inza, I think you should take this question because you know more. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 so a lot of fraternities have sister sororities for lambdas, it's AKD5s, and how it works is like, they're usually, they share similar pillars or similar interests as you guys, and they're usually... I'm not actually too sure how like they became our sister sorority in all honesty, but you guys do a lot of events with each other throughout the year, like mixers, parties, or even philanthropy events. And it's just really great because I know that, you know, one of the things that people conventionally join a fraternity for is to maybe like meet girls and stuff like that. But you also realize through meeting sister sororities that it's actually a pretty wholesome vibe, you know, like these people, they have like very similar interests and ambitions as you and it's a lot more wholesome than I probably would have ever thought it would be going into it. Yeah, wholesome is probably not a word a lot of people think of with fraternities and so <laughs> Yeah. Um, Ethan, I realized I cut you off in, in terms of like, what's your favorite memory um, in your experience? Um, yeah, as, as cliche as it sounds, like there's a lot of good memories out there. It's hard to choose one, but I think it's just more so just like everyone being readily available to just hang out with each other. Like throughout this summer, we've been playing sports. I've been playing sports with other bros like every day. Just, yeah, just knowing that after we graduate, it won't be as easy to hang out with each other. Just like little stuff like that, going out for food whenever we want to, having like, oh, you can eat sushi, going for walks. Yeah, those those little things. Yeah, that sounds really nice. And I guess going in terms of like COVID and stuff, how has COVID kind of impacted the fraternity experience over the past year and a half or so? Honestly, COVID's been kind of brutal because a lot of what we do uh, do is in-person interactions, you know, with uh, mixers, parties, philanthropy, even trying to interact with the community. So it's been really tough for us to do certain things like rushing or getting new bros. Um, but the way we've been coping with it is doing like a lot more online things like online fundraisers. We had a raffle recently and just increasing our social media presence, trying to make content, kind of doing things like this even, you know, it's good to just 
have a greater social media presence that way when COVID is hopefully like knock on wood, more or less done come fall, we have a lot of people who hopefully have known us from all this presence that we've made and we can get the ball rolling from there. Yeah, for sure. Is what's probably, I guess, the next question. What's the thing you're most excited for post COVID? Yeah. So what Enzo said was his favorite memory, which was convention um, because the borders were closed and convention was in Vegas, which is an amazing place. I've always wanted to be in. Um, yeah. So definitely looking forward to seeing all the other bros across America. Cause we also have chapters um, yeah, across America. So just meeting them, spending time across the border. For me, um, a lot of our Neos and Geos, and those like Neos and Geos are the bros who have recently crossed. They've never been raving. And that sounds really cheesy and whatnot, but I wanna I wanna take all these guys raving because it's it's gonna be such a vibe just being in that mood again, partying and whatnot. It sounds sounds very fat boy esque, but really I just miss like being in that area with tons of people with tons of positive energy and kind of letting loose. Yeah, I guess it'll be interesting next year. Now we have almost first and second year students who've never really gone to university parties and stuff. So I'm sure next year will be pretty crazy all over. Mm-hmm. So I guess going on kind of more into like a general conversation about partying and stuff. How do you find a balance on between academics and having fun in university, brand new environment and stuff? It's really all about adapting, like entering university like people can find it a little scary just meeting new people living away from home possibly for the first time um but yeah over time as you get into your second third and fourth years you'll just be able to learn how to better take notes uh maybe which lectures you actually need to attend uh yeah just adapting really just to the whole aspect of university uh, to me, I think, especially if you're trying to join a fraternity, at the beginning, it's a bit of a learning curve because there are a lot of things you need to balance. And, you know, even just as a regular student, joining for, um, joining university is pretty challenging sometimes because you might be away from home and whatnot. But I think you quickly adapt. And for a lot of the bros, um, especially finding that balance between academics and, I guess, frat life comes a lot from each other because we hold each other to a certain standard you know if we know there's a party on Saturday and our boy has a midterm maybe the Monday after we'll make sure that he's grinding if he still wants to make that party and you know if we need to need be we'll stay back with him and make sure we all kind of get through this together that's what I found yeah like what Enzo said about um holding each bro to a standard and also the time commitment to a fraternity it definitely improves your time management skills that's for sure for me, um, my grades actually went up after I joined the fraternity because if you we were hosting bangers on the weekend, I would grind, grind, grind throughout <laughs> the, 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 the entire week just because I was looking forward to that weekend so much where I could finally like, let loose and have all this grind pay off. So it's kind of like a work hard, play hard mentality, I guess, then? Exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I guess, like I said before, just with so many new people kind of Everyone's been at home for so long, not a lot of parties going on. What's your probably biggest advice to incoming first and second years when it comes to going to parties and finding that balance and just like getting ready to uni- for university in that way? It's really just putting yourself out there. Like, yeah, like you said, there's going to be first and second years coming. A lot of people are going to want to meet new people, make friends. Yeah, it, it's solely that. Enzo can talk more about that because I know uh, he had an experience with that too. Yeah, for me, like, um, first of all, I, uh, I commuted for, um, from home to my university. So it was really tough for me initially to make friends or find out about parties because I wasn't on res. I didn't know that many people. But joining the fraternity really helped me with that. 
Um, aside from that, what Ethan was saying, like put yourself out there, but also like you're gonna have a lot of challenges when you're near the university and just keep trying your best. I think a lot of first and second years and even myself, when I first started, I kind of got down on myself, but it's important to understand that this is just part of the process. And as long as you don't quit, you're gonna get whatever you are set to achieve. Yeah, and there's so many clubs out there for different hobbies. Like I know there's there's like a fencing club. There's a lot of intramural sports that we have, um, cultural groups, cultural clubs. I mean, yeah, I've definitely finding things in common and joining those things that will allow you to meet other people with the same hobbies will definitely help in you making friends. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Actually, funny you mentioned fencing because I'm a fencer myself. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's no, just such a random example. And just, <laughs> I know um, you mentioned something about like it's hard to find parties when you're commuting. So how does normally, like I'm a high school student myself. So how does the word about parties normally get through in university and stuff? So when you're commuting, honestly, I think uh, a lot of universities, they have frosh weeks. I think that as a commuter specifically, it's important that you go to as many as those fresh week events as you can and to make as many connections as you can. Because after that week, at least through my experience, if you didn't make any connections, it'll be hard for you to find out about a couple parties and stuff like that, unless you follow something like our fraternity on Instagram or on socials, then you might find out about their parties that way. Otherwise it can be a little bit difficult because I also know that when you're coming into first year, you probably can't go clubbing yet. So you can best you can probably do is keckers or other mixers or socials and it that'll only from my experience work if you follow these people on social media or if you made those connections during frost week so i think we're going to end it here but if anyone wants to learn more about your fraternity and stuff what's the best way to find you on social media and online you then take it away <laughs> so on instagram it would be ac- at mac lambdas and then Enzo, do you want to explain the Facebook? Um, on Facebook, you can either look any of the bros up. Like you can look me up, Enzo Karamat or uh, Ethan Chow, or you can look up Mac Lambdas on Facebook or McMaster Lambda Phi Epsilon and just hit us up. We're actually, we're all really friendly and we'd love to hear from you guys. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, we always play sports around like different cities too. And every now and then we'll um, post on our stories where we're at and we always yeah we always welcome new members just to play whatever it is beach volleyball basketball spike ball i know that's in so yeah just keep an eye out for us yeah and actually building on top of that if there's a cause that you want to support like a philanthropy cause or something like that and you need extra bodies feel free to reach out to us and we'll try to support you whichever way we can awesome well thank you guys both for being here i know i learned a lot about frats and partying through this conversation and i'm sure our audience did as well Thanks for listening to the first episode of the second season of Post-Secondary Tea, presented by Leap Canada. Make sure to subscribe to be notified whenever we release a new episode and follow us on social media at leap.canada to get updates on all our exciting events and projects. We'll see you later.